With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right-sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud-based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance, plus save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. I do not understand this football name in America. How how many of kicks is there in the football game? Six kicks. I'm going to say it once and hopefully I'm wrong, but it's a disaster waiting to happen. I love all of those things with the piggy skin and the men running around. So much screams and then a toss and then everyone is in a large, large hill. A star is born in the NFL. I like the moxie, but I, more importantly, I like the poise and the noise. Oh, what are you doing? You gotta be paping me. It's Jonathan Elway. He was so sassy and cool. And hey, guys, I'm a cowboy. Bang, bang, sling, sling, toss, toss. I'm going to lose all the time. And then I win. And then he leaves as he wins. You cannot beat this. From Munich, Germany, the Broncos and Bratwurst podcast with Kevin Gillikin. Yes, I'm Kevin Gillikin, born and raised in Denver, Colorado, lifelong Broncos fan. I recently moved to Munich, Germany, but as they say, distance makes the heart grow fonder, and so I still love them and love talking about them, even though it's from across the pond. What's up, Broncos fans? Yes, the time has finally arrived. We are almost, almost, we're so close to being back to football season. It is, oh, it's so good. It's such a nice feeling. It, it's been an interesting summer. Uh, there, there have been some nice sporting events. 
um, some fun things to watch for for Denver fans and for you know sports fans. But uh, I know I'm not the only one who dreadfully misses the NFL, misses the drama, misses the team, and I'm pumped to see what happens. I mean, we're going to talk today about um, training camp, what my expectations are from training camp. Um, what I want to do today is I want to give three things that I think we will absolutely see happen in training camp that are not going to be too surprising or things we're going to hear from training camp. Let's say that um, the Broncos media or, or, or whoever's there might try to spin it and, and this is what we'll hear or something that I guess is kind of a guarantee to happen. And then I also want to give a little bit three also not so um, popular takes. So takes that are a little bit out there, but that I think could absolutely happen in training camp. So things we should look for, things I'm excited about. Um, I'm just excited, period, obviously. Unfortunately, I can't um, go and, and watch any of the practices, clearly. But my brother actually is fortunate enough. He lives, I think he lives something like two blocks away from Dove Valley. So I'm hoping I can get some information from him if he goes over and checks them out live. Uh, maybe I'll maybe I'll see if he can go and, and I'll get him in uh, to record a a segment one of these days this week. Um, as always, get all of your information from milehighreport.com. Um, check out the milehighreport.com podcast with Adam and Ian. It is really great. They have always, always good segments breaking down uh, the Broncos and everything about the NFL. Um, so, yeah. Um, you know, first of all, I want to say... The, the again the off season how much i i love sports how how great are sports the 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 what happened this last week in anaheim was one of the greatest most touching stories i've ever seen and not and that's not even just sports and i know i'm a sportsaholic and as i'm sure most people listening to this show are as well and there's something again about it that makes the drama so pure usually. It's so unique, true. And so when you have something like what happened in in Anaheim for the Angels, it's it's just it reinvigorates me for sports. It it reminds me of why I love sports. And I don't know for those who don't know the story, a, a young pitcher for the Anaheim Angels named Tyler Skaggs um, was found dead in, in his hotel room, I believe now, maybe 10 days ago or so. Um, I don't think it's been released, the cause of death, but he was, I think, 24, 25 years old, young, um, good starting pitcher, talented guy, healthy guy, clearly, as far as they knew. I mean, he was a Major League Baseball pitcher, so... He was in, in, in his the prime of his life, uh, had a good career going, and for whatever reason, somehow passed away. Tragic. Uh, obviously tragic. I mean, unbelievably tragic. Anytime you lose any young life, it's, it's, it's a horrible thing. And what happened, you had the, the all-star break, I think before, I don't know, whatever way. The Angels, their first home game after his passing, their pitchers and all their players wore number 45 in honor of, of Tyler. And they went out and threw a 
combined no hitter. So they they didn't give up an entire hit in nine innings, which is definitely not a common thing to do. It happens maybe once or twice a year. And they did that in the first home game after their teammates uh, passing away. I mean, it's, it's unbelievable stuff. I, I mean, if, if you don't even have to love sports to, to be touched by, by that story. I mean, just really unbelievable. And it's just, again, it, this things like that in sports, the, the stories that, that we don't even know why these guys play, you know, why, why, why do teams have success one week and not another? Why do some guys outperform their expectations, you know, or the people's expectations of them? Why do some sixth, seventh rounders succeed when first rounders don't? Sometimes it's luck. Sometimes it's skill that was missed by the scouts. Sometimes it's it's heart. It's it's why these guys play. Maybe it's because they're they're they they came from from tough backgrounds. Maybe it's because they're they're trying to succeed for their families. Maybe they need to support their families. Maybe they need to show the world or show someone who didn't believe in them. They need to show them that they're they can succeed. If you go and look at, at the Broncos or any NFL team or any sports team, I, I guarantee you, you will find countless of these stories of guys who outperform anything anyone ever expected of them. Sure, sometimes you have guys who who were always good, you know, always great, always the first, you know, the Peyton Mannings. But then you'll have the Tom Brady's, the Tom Brady's who who who. Didn't even start in college, and ended up being one of you know one of the top three quarterbacks of all time. Amazing! I, it's just it's just ah, how good is sports? Look at look at the the women's soccer team. Now that's not an underdog story. It's it's not a story that that you know someone came from nowhere and and, and beat a giant. They are the giant. They absolutely dominated the World Cup, and they have for the last whew, 10, 12 years. But what's interesting, I think, with the women in the USA is that, obviously, as we all know, soccer is not an American sport. It's not, as we see with our men's team over and over and over. And so for the women to, to really take control of, of that sport that is a world sport, it is, it is the world's sport, Pretty cool. I watched almost every... No, I think I did watch every single American game. Good for them. Hopefully they continue their dominance in the coming years. Hopefully the Broncos can uh, learn a little bit from them. Somehow dominate this upcoming season. As we all know, Vegas has them, I I think, still at seven wins. And Vegas is... They got a lot of money writing on these things. So they do, these wagers, you could say, or these lines are not something that they just, you know, randomly throw against the wall. They've got some, obviously some experts out there saying this is what they believe is going to happen. And I think that seven wins is possible for this team. And we'll talk about that a little bit later. What could go wrong with this team? But, you know, it's, it's just the beginning of training camp. And of course, we're all completely confident in this team because that's how the beginning of the seasons work, right? Everything's good. Everything's going to go well. 
Joe Flacco is going to be the best quarterback we've had since Manning, which, yeah, that's already the case. But maybe he'll be really good. Maybe he'll be great. Maybe he'll be 2013 Joe Flacco. Maybe Philip Lindsay will be a will be a Pro Bowler again. Sanders, Sutton, Fant. There's some good options out there for Joe Flacco. Philip Lindsay out of the backfield. A defense under a really good defensive coach. There is a lot of good. It can't get much worse, as we all know, than the last few years. So that's what we want to look at as the training camp approaches. What are the strengths of this team? What are the weaknesses of this team? And it's something that obviously we're going to find out. But there are a lot of question marks. And I think the one that that strikes me as I obviously watch and see what people are saying about the Broncos team, everyone assumes, at least most everyone assumes, that this defense is going to be great or really good at least. Because they've got Fangio, they've got Von Miller, they've got Chubb, they've got Chris Harris Jr. They've got a couple other guys that are really solid. Shelby Harris in the middle. But I'm not, I want everyone to step back a little bit about the defense. New leadership, new players. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. I think it'll be curious. I'm curious to see what happens, what we'll see coming out of training camp being reported if it's a defensive dominant team or if it's offensive. I imagine most people will assume that it'll be defensive like it's been the last few years. But remember, that was under quarterbacks that were not very good. Not very good. And we'll talk about that a bit later. That's that's actually part of one of my three hot takes, I guess you could say. Um, I'm going to send it over to Skipper Dude. He's going to give a little bit of an optimistic view of the Broncos heading into the 2019 season. How, why we should feel good about this team. Why this year might be the year where we see actual progress in perhaps, perhaps the playoffs. Skipper Dude, up next after this quick break. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. 
Thanks as always for having me on, Kevin. I am the Skipper Dude, proud Broncos fan since 1984. So today, with training camp and the preseason pretty much right around the corner, I wanted to share some thoughts on a topic that is pretty near and dear to most of us here in Bronco country, and that is the topic of optimism. Now, I'm going to admit right up front to, to being the sort of hopeless romantic when it comes to the Broncos. I tend to be one of those 19 and 0 till we ain't type of Bronco fans. And most years, I'll, I'll couple that hopeless optimism with a little mental formula that many of you out there should recognize. So you start with last year's record and, and you look for some fluky circumstances that cost you a couple wins. Last year, the Broncos went 6 and 10, but you know, they lost a couple of heartbreakers early, kind of checked out late in the season, had some injuries. So in reality, it was really more like an 8 and 8 type of a season. Then you start your analysis for this season with a new coaching staff. Hey, that's got to add a couple or three wins because this team was checked out on VJ and Joe Woods last year, and Bill Musgrave was a hack. Then you replace Case Keenan with Joe Flacco and maybe pick up another win or two. Then you get some regression in Kansas City, a reasonable shot at sweeping the Raiders this year. And next thing you know, you're looking at 12-4 and four and a number one or number two seed in the playoffs. A little daydreaming about last year's draft class maturing and Noah Fant being a game changer on offense. And suddenly you're creating an alternative universe where 19-0 just may be a possibility. Been there, done that most seasons, in fact. I really have. And I think that kind of optimism is fairly natural to the human state. My, my boss at work, who is a, who's worked as a life counselor among his many jobs, was talking recently about how we as human beings are higher, hardwired to win. It's built in our DNA. The, the real question for us then is how we define winning and how much we're willing to sacrifice to get there. We all want to win. And as Denver Broncos fans, we're accustomed to winning. So winning seasons are our native state. We have reason to be optimistic every year because our optimism ends up being rewarded more often than not. But friends, I have to admit that my optimism is taking a very different form this year, as is my perspective on the coming season. As a business management guy, I can't even begin to tell you how excited I am for the changes in the front office. Other than the Peyton Manning signing, I think that John Elway, having humbled himself and apparently turned much of his political power over to Vic Fangio and his football people this offseason, could end up being one of the tr his true uh, crowning achievements for John Elway. And, and, and yeah, it's hard to know how long Rich Gangarello is going to stick around as offensive coordinator. If he's successful here in Denver, I expect he'll start getting interviews for head coaching gigs within a couple of years. Personally, I rather suspect that Mike Munchak is your head coaching heir apparent once Fangio decides to move on, but who knows. But, but with names like Fangio and Donatel and Scangarello and Munchak and Kolar among your coaching ranks, the future is exceedingly bright. In the modern NFL, there's just such a small degree of athletic talent difference between, say, the 10th best player and the 53rd best player on each team that what determines wins from losses are things like intelligence, adaptability, scheme, and discipline. And what we're seeing from this new Bronco regime is what appears to be a very, very intelligent scheme, especially on defense. I'm guessing the scheme on offense will be more creative and fresh than strictly intelligent, but we'll see. I'm not sure how many of you saw this quote from right after the Super Bowl. I thought it was great. But a reporter asked Vic Fangio about Bill Belichick's brilliant move in the Super Bowl to change schemes against the Rams post-snap, which took the offensive play calling away from the brilliant Sean McVay and put it into the hands of the significantly less brilliant Jared Goff. 
Fangio responded by basically saying, yeah, he got the idea from us. And if you look at the Rams' 2018 regular season, you see the proof. The Rams put up 30 or more points 12 times in 2018, 23 or more in 15 of their 16 regular season games, but only put up six against Fangio's Bears. Vic Fangio and his Bears actually created the roadmap for beating the Rams in the Super Bowl. But folks, that's the kind of head coaching brilliance you're bringing here to Denver. So I feel almost 100% certain heading into this training camp that the Denver Bronco organization is on a good path. How good a path is hard to know, but I think it's a very good one. How long will it last? How high will our trajectory be? That's obviously hard to tell at this point. So for me at least, rather than going into camp with my typical rose-colored glasses on, looking for reasons to keep that little 19-0 emotional bubble from popping in August rather than September... This year, I find myself looking at the holes, the risks, the deficiencies, all those things that can go wrong, because I look at this team as a work in progress that is going to fill those holes over the next couple of years and at least become a Super Bowl contender, possibly even better. The question for me right now is, how close are we to turning this corner? My preliminary thought is, not super close. And I'll be looking for little indicators through camp to kind of objectively see how close we really are or aren't. So here are the top names that I'll be watching in camp. Now, number one, honestly, is Drew Locke. That goes a little bit against what I just said, because he's not going to have an impact in 2019. I, I, but I know I'm excited to see what the kid can do. How quickly is he, re, is he improving his footwork? How quickly is he picking up Scangarello's playbook? In my mind, he should be showing flashes of brilliance this camp against the number two and number three different defenses, but also your typical rookie inconsistency. I think if we can just if if we see just a practice or two where he looks like the next coming of John Elway, but he fumbles around most of the rest of camp, I'll be fairly happy. Now, number two for me is Connor McGovern. I have a real time hard time getting a good read on McGovern. I'm not a real X's and O's you know, in the trenches technician in, in terms of evaluating offensive linemen. I'd love the kid and his legendary weight room prowess and his overall work ethic, but I see such a wide variety of opinions on him that I really have no idea if he's going to be a legitimate contributor to, to this offense or not. And hopefully early in camp we'll start to get an idea. Number three is Todd Davis. He's another intriguing character because he does a lot of things well. He's powerful, good on the attack, quick, smart, and reads plays well. But he also has terrible straight-line speed, something that um, opponents really abused in the last couple of years. This might be something um, to watch as the Broncos get into preseason game three and then the regular season more so than, than uh, in camp. But what Vic Fangio and Ed Tonnetel are are going to do to use um, Todd Davis in, in Vic Fangio ways, we need to see what they're going to do to, to not expose him to that lack of of straight-line speed. That's going to be interesting, that scheme. Number four, then, is Justin Simmons. He really appeared to be a long, a potential long-term staple for this Bronco defense, but he took a, step, a backward step last year as part of a secondary that was often embarrassingly susceptible to major miscommunications and wide-open receivers. Personally, I don't think that was Simmons' fault so much it was Joe Wood's scheme, but Simmons is a guy to watch to see how he fits into this new Fangio-Donatel scheme. But regardless of how these individual players work out, I think the future is bright. The present may be muddy and murky, but the future is bright. 6-10 and ten this season until we eat, boys. Kevin, back to you. Thanks to Skipper Dude for his 
input, um, some interesting takes. I I think at the end there he meant to say ten and six until we're, we ain't because otherwise that's not a very optimistic um, season. <laughs> but I, I assume that was that was just a bit of a, a mis misspeak there. Otherwise, uh, maybe also a little bit of tongue in cheek from the skipper dude. Um, interesting takes. I, I mostly agree, but he's definitely more optimistic than I am. Now, again, I'm going to talk about that in a bit. First, I want to go, as I said in the beginning, three things that we can absolutely expect to hear coming out of training camp, and then three things that I think are actually the truth that will happen in training camp that are a little bit of a little bit of hot takes. Okay, so number one, I think. We'll heal, we'll, we will hear from camp will be that Flacco will be great. And he should be. This is a veteran guy. He's been through many, many training camps. Um, he should be a guy who absolutely dominates practice. Dominates it. I don't even care if it's a great defense. He should be great. And I imagine that's what we're going to hear. That's what we're going to see. You're going to see him really, really perform well. And going into the season, there's going to be a ton of optimism and backing behind Joe Flacco, especially from the Denver Broncos media, because that's what they want. Of course, he's the quarterback. He's the name. He's the guy that they're putting the team behind for the next few years. And so even if he's, you know, not the big sexy name, say like Peyton Manning, he's still a name that's recognizable. He's a name that Denver Broncos fans hated before he came here. Keep that in mind. He is not beloved here in Denver. And so the Broncos need to change that. They need to turn that around on its back and say, hey, look, this is our guy, and he's going to be great. And he could be. He could be. I, I actually have fairly high hopes for Joe Flacco, and it's increasingly grown. I'm sure people who listen to this show are saying, wow, Kevin, you hated Joe Flacco. And I did. As I've said many times, the fans hated the idea of bringing in Joe Flacco before they did it. They did. He was the last guy in the entire NFL, practically, that the Broncos wanted here, except for maybe Case Keenum. It was like Keenum and then Flacco. Um. But I think when you start seeing the, the schemes, I think Scangarello's scheme, and then you get a guy like Noah Fant first in the draft, you're starting to you're starting to put together a team that really matches Flacco's talent. Now, if you can bring guys like Sutton, you know, if he can take a, a, a big step in in this this season, if Sanders can come back healthy, you got some pieces. You've got some pieces, and I start to feel a little bit better about Flacco. I don't think he's going to be great, but I do think that you could absolutely see his upside rather than his downside. I think you're going to see a better Flacco than we did in the last five seasons because he's got more talent around him and because the scheme, I think, is going to work really well. Look what Scangarello did with Nick Mullins in San Francisco. Nick Mullins is, I mean, geez, I think he was undrafted. He's, he's a nobody, and Scangarello turned him into a really a viable quarterback. And that scheme is going to be a scheme that, you know, comes here to Denver. And I think it's going to work really well with Joe Flacco's skills. So I think, again, number one that I think we'll hear from camp is Flacco will be great. And I think that's the truth. I think he absolutely will be. Number two, I think you're going to hear that Emmanuel Sanders is perfectly healthy. He's he, he's fit. He's running great routes. He's catching the ball. He's doing Sanders things. Now, I think even if that's the case, I don't even know if he's going to be out there, you know, practicing in pads and whatnot because he's coming back from an injury. But you keep seeing these these videos of him running, and he looks good. He looks like he's got a lot of explosiveness. But be careful with this. He's coming back from a really tough injury. Um, don't get too hyped up about him being perfect because you know practice or, or running routes, you know, by yourself is one thing. When you got to go out there and face guys, obviously we all know it's totally different. 
Is he going to be ready to face contact again? Is he going to be able to make cuts with defenders? We'll see. Let's not get our hopes up too much about Emmanuel Sanders. That's a brutal injury to come back from, and especially so fast like he has. Now, again, he looks great on the videos I've seen, but let's, you know, temper our excitement a little bit and say, hey, you know, you can't expect him to be the Emmanuel Sanders we all know. And he's getting older. He's already getting older and coming back from an injury. Now, this is a prove-it year for him. He's going to have to do something great on the field to to garner a new big contract. And so it's obviously he's motivated to do so. But let's let's take a step back and, and not get too hyped up about the, the Sanders return. Um, number three, I think we will hear that uh, Dalton Reisner started at least one fight in training camp. Uh, I think this is almost a guarantee. I, I don't think there's almost any doubt that the dude is going to start a fight. It sounds like the, even in, in the, the mini camps during the, I don't know, geez, way back in May or something, that his teammates had to tell him to you know cool it a little bit. And I think the fans are going to love that about him. But I think teammates, I think I think you love it, but you hate it. You know, it's one of those things you, you like those guys because it's like, dang, I'm glad he's on my team. But then when he's on your team and you have to face him in practice, you hate it. It's like, dude, freaking stop, you know, slow down. And I think that's something that could make him an all-time great player. It could. I, who knows? I don't know if he's talented enough. I don't know if he'll you know stay healthy, et cetera. But that kind of mentality, oh, I love it, right? I, everyone loves it. That, that, that's the dog, you know, the the guy that just just every single play puts his heart out there. But it usually starts some sort of fracas. And I think you're going to see that at least one time that there's going to be some fist fights or whatever, you know, pushing and shoving in training camp. And it's going to be because of Dalton Reisner. Now, you know, fights happen almost every, you know, camp. So that that's not, that's not going to be too surprising. But let's keep in mind, we do now have some mature people in charge. You know, Fangio, you still have um, Kolar. So I think... Even though there'll be a fight, I, I think the coaches might even like it a little bit. You know, keep things hot, keep things competitive. Um, but of course, you got to keep it um, also within limits. You have to keep it under control, I suppose. Um, okay, so those are my three things. Again, that I think we'll hear that it will absolutely um, come out of training camp. Flacco will be great, Sanders will be great, and Reisner will start a fight. Now, I want to give you my three things that I think are a little bit more out there, a little bit more hot takes um, number one, and this is, this is questionable, but number one, I think Devonte Booker is going to take the second running back position behind Philip Lindsay. Now, I think that's not a good case for us if Royce Freeman is beat out, but I think, I don't know that something that you just get this feeling with some players that they don't figure out systems as fast as others. Some guys don't learn it as fast. Some guys don't quite understand, you know, where they've got to be to to block, you know, pass rushers, where they have to pick up blitzes, where they have to run, et cetera. It's it's tough. It's a hard job. You know, we don't take we take that for granted that the NFL and and football is is physical, of course, and it's brutal. It it destroys your body, but it's also mental. You got to really learn a lot. You have to really know, you know, the scheme. You have to know the plays. You have to know who's going where, who's blocking whom. And that's not easy. And so not everyone can pick it up as fast as others. And I think Royce Freeman, I think he's got the talent. I think he's physically talented. I'm not sure about if he's going to be able to pick up the scheme fast enough. Now, I hope I'm wrong. But my guess is that Booker, who's a veteran and who is 
you know, been good at, at picking up uh, blitzes, etc. I, I have this feeling he's going to end up at the number two. Now, I think Broncos fans might go bonkers crazy if that happens, but I think it could absolutely happen. So keep an eye on Booker. Keep an eye on Freeman. By the end of uh, the preseason games, I think it could be Booker. Keep an eye out. Uh, number two, I think Drew Locke will be great. I, I think, and this is gonna this is gonna go hand in hand with my with my third and most important hot take for what we're gonna see out of training camp. Um, I think Drew Locke being great. That's not a real um, hot take, I suppose, but in a way, it is because. People look at this team as being defensively superior. And if that's the case, you usually assume that a rookie coming in learning a new scheme is going to struggle. But I think that Locke has the mentality. He's got the the emotional stability. Um, and he's got the talent. Now, the question is, does he have the footwork? And does he have the brain? Just like Royce Freeman. Does he have the brain to pick up a, a system and run with it in his first year? We'll see. I think he does. I think he'll. I think he's going to be a guy who. Yeah, he'll have his struggles. He's going to be like John Elway. He's going to make some really boneheaded passes trying to throw it into triple coverage. But I think you're going to see some special stuff out of Drew Lock. I, I really feel it. I, I think he's going to flash in the in in the training camp and in the preseason. And I think he's going to be given a chance. And I think he's going to take the number two quarterback position, which I think would be a big boon. I mean, I don't think anyone. I don't think he needs to take it. I don't think anyone expects it of him, but I think he's going to do it. I think he's going to surprise people in how good he looks um, preseason. Now, that goes hand in hand with my number three and most important hot take for really my expectations of this team in general. And that is that the defense is not going to be very good. Crickets. I know everyone sees, you know, this as a Vic Fangio scheme. They see Von Miller, Bradley Chubb. They see, you know, Shelby Harris, Chris Harris Jr., Kareem Jackson, etc. I, I don't think this defense is quite there. I, I actually, this might sound crazy. I think this season the defense could struggle more than the offense. I, I, I know it's crazy. I, I, I kind of have to hesitate even before I say it. But the more I look into this team, the more I look at the history, I think that this team's going to take a year or even two to really figure out the scheme. He, he's got a difficult scheme. Like um, Skipper Dude was saying, Fangio was, was kind of the one who gave Belichick the idea of how to beat um, the Rams in the Super Bowl. That you, you change things up post-snap and you just completely run things on like after the snap, uh, post snap, like I said, um, that's not easy to do as a player. Again, you have to know, you have to really understand your teammates. You have to understand the scheme. You have to understand who's going where that's not easy to do in one year, in one off season. It's not easy to pick up new schemes. Why do you think teams that continually have new coaches struggle? It happens all the time. Look at, I don't know, Tennessee. Look at Miami. Look at the Jets. Look at the Broncos recently. When you have continually new schemes coming in, players are going to struggle. They've got to learn everything again, practically. Now, guys like Von Miller or Bradley Chubb, you know, they're getting after the quarterback. That, that, that's not quite the same. They'll probably still have great years. But for other guys, it's not so simple. The secondary, it's a good secondary, 
I don't think it's a great secondary. Look, Chris Harris Jr. is getting older. And for a, a nickel cornerback, that's tough when you get older. Now, he's one of the best to ever do it. I firmly believe that. I'm super glad he's on this team. But, yeah, it, it's a hard thing to do. I think you could see last year, you could see him start to slip a little bit. A little. And it's going to happen each year. Because, again, that's a really, really hard position to cover. The older you get, the harder it is. Your body doesn't move like it did when you were 23. And so with him as your number one, it's good. It's not great. And I think it goes down from him. You know, the guys around him, are they're good. I like Simmons. I like Jackson. You know, I like all these other guys, but yeah, I don't love it. I don't love it. I don't love the secondary. And I really don't love the middle linebackers. Todd Davis and Josie Jewell? Yeah. Maybe, maybe Fangio can can figure it out. I but I I'm not I'm not sure about it. I'm not sure about this defense. I I think everyone needs to again take a step back and say, okay, you know, yeah, Fangio, he it, he's a great coach. He builds defenses, but you know what? His first season as the Bears head coach, they were ranked twentieth in points. His second season, twenty fourth in points. His third season, they were ranked ninth. In his fourth season, they were ranked first. He's got to build the team around his scheme. He's got to to find players and and find players who can learn it. You know, Justin Simmons is a talented guy. He had some real brain farts last year, if you look at his tape. Now, is a guy like that going to be able to learn a new scheme in a difficult scheme? We don't know. Maybe. Yeah, sure. I hope. Will Parks the same. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. And if they're not, then they'll ship them out and bring in someone who Fangio thinks can. That's why they brought in Bryce Callahan at cornerback. He knows Bryce Callahan can, can learn the system because he did it in Chicago. You have to find players who are not just talented or smart. You have to have guys who actually work with your scheme. Some cornerbacks are better in zone. Some cornerbacks are better in press. Some cornerbacks are better in cover two, cover four, cover three, whatever. And so you have to find guys that gel together. That's what makes a great team. You look at some of these teams that put together the all-time great talent on paper. I can't think of one in, in at the top of my head, but you see it. You see these teams that, that you got these big names, these guys with, you know, recognizable household names, and then the teams aren't very good. A team has to work with, with the overall talent working together as one. And I do but firmly believe, I firmly believe that in two or three years, Fangio will build a great defense. I, I Absolutely. He's done it before in several places, and I think he'll do it again. But this season, the defense is going to struggle. You're going to be... We are all going to be throwing things at the TV when our linebackers can't cover a tight end because you know what? They didn't upgrade the position. They didn't. We can have all the optimism we want, but Todd Davis cannot cover a tight end. Neither can Josie Jewell. What happens when you have another guy come out there like Travis Kelsey? No one can cover him. Now, maybe I think Fangio is probably going to mix it up a bit. Maybe you'll have Justin Simmons cover him. That's something. Maybe Kareem Jackson. 
So I think it'll be a better solution, but yeah, these the teams like Kansas City, they're just going to eat the Broncos alive. It, it, it's just, or I mean, you know, New England, teams with talented quarterbacks and good players around them, this defense is going to be not so good. Do I hope I'm wrong? Absolutely, I hope I'm wrong. And that, But that's the other side of my hot take, I guess. My other hot take, I guess, which is, I guess that's my number four hot take, is that the offense is going to be better than the defense. I think the offense is going to come out in the preseason, at least, and probably at the beginning of the of the regular season, and they're going to outperform the other side of the ball. Joe Flacco, I think, is going to fit well in the scheme. I think Noah Fant's going to be awesome. I think Philip Lindsay is going to start catching balls out of the backfield like he should have last year. If Sanders comes back, you have a decent wide receiver core. Jake Butt could be healthy again, finally, hopefully. If you have Butt and Fant, you got some two really good tight ends, and that's what Flacco loves passing to. I think Fant's going to have an unbelievable year. Pick him up on your fantasy teams. Just no one in my leagues, please. And so that's what we should look for. I mean, in training camp, I am totally... Looking for, looking for, read between the lines because obviously a lot of the stuff coming out is going to be pro everyone, especially pro Flacco, guaranteed. His teammates are going to love him. The coaches are going to love him. The fans are going to love him. That's what we're going to hear. But let's read between the lines. Let's try to look at things coming out. Maybe, maybe, you know, impartial observers and see what they say. Is the defense winning? The practices, or is the offense winning the practices? If, if the if you start seeing, you know, quotes about hey, you know, our defense isn't quite there yet, blah 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 blah. One, I think that means okay, the offense is on a good pace, and two, it probably means the defense is not going to be as good as we all hope it might. But we will see. I it's so awesome that we are soon going to have something on the field that we can actually report on. No more conjecture. Next Monday, I can actually say, this happened. Ah, how good it is. How good it is. And I do want to say again, for anyone, and we haven't done this for a while, but I, I do like doing fan rants, um, especially now that we get back to actual football season. Um, I like having you as part of the show. I like having your voice. Um, all you need to do is record a one-minute to ten-minute segment about anything you want Broncos and uh, send it to me via email. Um, that's Kevin Gillikin USA at gmail.com. Kevin G I L L I K I N U S A at gmail.com. Um, the only other rule is it needs to be family friendly, no curse words or anything. Uh, if you have any curse words, obviously I can't use it. This is, this is a G rated program. Okay. Maybe PG, I guess. Um, but yeah, I would love to hear from you. Please tell me tell me what you think. What, what do you think about this team heading in? I mean, this is just my opinion, obviously, with the defense. I, I, I could definitely be wrong. I hope I'm wrong. Tell me what you think. What, what are your opinions? Who, who is going to flash in training camp? Who's going to flash in preseason? Who, who are going to be the guys that we should watch? And who are going to be the guys that come out of nowhere and end up being guys that we must watch? Send me your fan rants. I'll see you all next Monday for some real... Denver Broncos coverage. Till then, peace.